Facebook who usually send me encouragement. We're, we're, we're not going to be able to do that today because we're trying to incorporate something else into the videos. Is that, did that work for us? It didn't work for us yet. So we're still working on that. I appreciate the, the crew that's here that's working on this. <clears throat> Brother Austin Durbin is coming into a revelation of the video camera system, the streaming system that we have here, and I appreciate that. And We've got some other folks here, the praise team. Thank you for being here. Amen. Thank you for not wearing your mask so I know who you were. I've been going into Walmart, and I don't know anybody anymore. Everybody's got a mask on. So I'm thinking about getting me a cowboy hat, some sunglasses, and a mask. And I'm going to go, what do they call that, secret shopper? I'm going to be a secret shopper at Walmart. Amen, a dollar general. If I can lose 20 pounds in like 30 or 40 pounds in a week, I could be, nobody recognize me. They said the Pillsbury Doughboy is gone. Where did he go? Anyhow. Well, all right, we better go to the good word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Going to the good word of the Lord. I want to preach on this subject today, just one guy. I want to preach about just one guy. And let me move this here so that the folks who are over there in the cheaper seats, the pulpit's always in their way and they can't see the screen. I'll move that so they can see the screen. Just one guy. One guy is very important. One domino is very important. It only takes one domino that's standing on his end, his short end there, to lose his balance. And that one domino will in turn cause what we all know and call the domino effect. And he will knock over every other domino that's lined up congruently with him, no matter twists and turns, going up, going down, no matter what it is, he will knock them all down because he's lost his balance. So one, one guy is very important. We saw in the 2000 presidential election that votes, many votes, counted when they added up the vote tally in Florida. And they had recount after recount. So one is very important. So let's go and look how one is important in the scheme of things today. We're going to the book of Romans, chapter number 5, and verse number 12. I'm looking at the clock here. Make sure that I have you out in time for uh, dinner tonight. The Bible says we're in the New Living Translation today. It says, when Adam sinned, Sin entered the entire human race. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. So when Adam sinned, sin came into the entire human race. That sounds like the coronavirus going on. Sin is contagious. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter how much money you have, doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter if you grew up in a large metropolitan area, doesn't matter if you grew up on a dairy farm in western Maryland, it doesn't matter. Sin affects all of us. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given. And though there was no law to break since it had not yet been given, they all died anyway. Even though they did not disobey an explicit command of God as Adam did. What a contrast. Here's where the contrast is. What a contrast between Adam and Christ who was yet to come. So by one man's disobedience, sin entered into the world. Verse 15 of Romans chapter 5. And what a difference between our sin and God's generous gift of forgiveness. For this one man, Adam, brought death to many through his sin. But this other man, Jesus Christ, brought forgiveness to many through God's bountiful gift. So by one man, the King James says, that sin entered into the world. By one man, Jesus Christ, salvation entered into the world. 
And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. Those of you who are watching today, those of you who are watching this broadcast, even in the days and weeks to come, there's something, there's a voice inside of you. If you haven't given your life to the Lord, there's a voice inside of you that will tell you every time you do something wrong. There's a voice inside of each and every one of us that will tell us when you do wrong, when it's not right how you acted, when it's not right how you spoke, when it's not right what you did. There's that voice that comes in and gives us condemnation. But we have the free gift of being accepted by God, even though we are guilty of many sins. You see, you don't have to live in your condemnation all of your life. You don't have to live in your trouble all of your life. You don't have to live in your depression all of your life. You don't have to live in your tortured thinking processes all of your life. You don't have to live in your addictions all of your life because we have been given the free gift of God. And that is that he has taken us into his kingdom and brought us into his fold. This sin, verse 17, of the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over us. Last week was Resurrection Sunday. I preached on this subject. If Jesus can raise from the dead, so can I. Because if the Spirit, Romans says in Romans 8, if the Spirit that raised up Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall also quicken your mortal body. Amen. So if Jesus can raise up from the dead, so can I because of his Spirit living in my life. That death from Adam's actions and sin rules over us, but we all, but all who receive God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin brought condemnation upon everyone, but Jesus Christ, or Christ's one act of righteousness, makes all people right in God's sight and gives them life. So what Jesus did on the cross has given us all righteous, uh, righteous access into the presence and into the kingdom of God. Amen? Romans 5, 19, because one person disobeyed God, many people became sinners. Because one person disobeyed God, many people became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many people will be made right in God's sight. Now, I just want you to know that you can be made right in the sight of God today. You can be made right in the sight of God tonight, tomorrow, next week, next month. If the Lord gives you enough breath in your body to keep you going that long, you still got a chance. And until he splits the eastern sky and comes to get his church, you still have a chance. What I'm telling you is this. Everyone has an opportunity to get right with God. Each and every one of us have been afforded the opportunity to get right with God and in God's sight just because of one guy. Just because of the obedience of Jesus Christ, you and I are able to access the righteousness of God. Psalm 51.5 says this, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. Because of just one guy, Psalm 51.5 says, I was born a sinner. Because of one guy, I was born a sinner. Just because of one guy, I was born a sinner. I was born a sinner because somebody listened to the wrong voice. I was born a sinner just because someone disobeyed. I was born a sinner just because somebody else did something wrong. I didn't have anything to do with it. So you go through life and you say, oh, pastor, that's not fair. Oh, pastor, that's not fair. That's not fair. That's not fair. Well, let me ask you a question. Who told you it was all supposed to be fair? 
Nothing's fair. Ask the person, ask the children who are down at Children's Hospital in St. Louis with cancers and leukemia and diseases that will eventually take their young, innocent lives. That's not fair either. But because we live in a, in a degenerate, diseased world full of death, because of the disobedience of one guy, life happens and things come on us. Ephesians 2, chapter 1 says, Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your sins. Once you were dead, doomed forever because of your sins. You used to live just like the rest of the world, full of sin, obeying Satan, the mighty prince of the power of the air. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. Here's the, here's the equation. It's very simple. It's very simple. You either obey God and you ignore the devil or you obey the devil and ignore God. You're only going to serve one of two masters. There's not three masters. There's not 27 masters. There are only two masters in this universal scheme. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, God Almighty, or you're going to serve the prince and power of the air, Lucifer, the devil himself. The Bible says to submit yourself therefore unto God, resist the devil, and he will flee. It's a choice that all of us have to make. Each and every one of us have to make the choice that we either are going to submit to God and, and re reject the devil. We're either going to submit to God and resist the devil. We're either going to submit to God and surrender to him or allow the devil to work in our lives. If you are going to submit to the devil, then you're going to resist the work of God in your life. But God has given us his power to bring us out. Verse 3, all of us used to live that way following the passions and the desires of our evil nature. We were born with an evil nature, and we were under God's anger just like everyone else. All of us have a sinful nature. All of us have a nature that is anti-God. All of us have a side of us that wants to do what the flesh wants to do. All of us want, has a side of us that wants to do what the flesh wants to do in our lives. But you see, God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so very much that even while we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Just one guy showed up on earth, Jesus Christ, to raise us from the dead. Just one guy showed up on earth to die on the cross, Jesus Christ. Just one God wrapped himself in flesh and walked among men and decided to die on a cross, just one guy. I'm talking about just one guy today can make all the difference in your life. One guy today can make all the difference in your world. One guy today, one decision today can make all the difference in the rest of your life. That takes me back to a story. I want to tell a story. I believe he's watching. His name is Kevin Schultz. Kevin Schultz came to church when we were in the old building over on Main Street when we first started the church. He came in 2008. I believe he was baptized either in October or December of 2008. And Kevin was working on trying to get out of a life of alcoholism. He had suffered and dealt some abuse from family members in his upbringing and the only way that he, Kevin, knew how to mend the pain and administer healing to the pain was through getting drunk as much as possible. The only problem is when you get high or you get drunk, sooner or later you're going to get clean. And that hurt is still going to be there. And that oppression and that depression is still going to be there. And so you, you have to come to a realization that the addiction is not going to do it anymore. The alcoholism is not going to do it anymore. And, and really what people are trying to do when they are trying to fill their lives with addictions and with uh, isms, and they're trying to fill it with pornography, and they're trying to fill it with, with uh, lust, and they're trying to fill it with relationship after relationship, and they're trying to fill it with all sorts of things. When really they just need Jesus Christ, that one guy. 
in their life. You just need that one guy in your life. So Kevin was baptized and had received the Holy Spirit, but yet it was a struggle for him to come out of, out of the alcoholism and he found himself still around the wrong kind of people. And it's very important. you got to watch the people that you hang around. you got to watch the people that you uh, associate yourself with. The Bible says that iron sharpeneth iron. So does a man's countenance sharpen that of his friend's countenance. So you've got to be careful who you hang around because if you're not strong enough, you will become like they are. See, Jesus was strong enough that he could spend a lot of time with the sinners and the publicans and that, that sin would never get on him and in him and he acted like them because he was stronger than the sin. So you're either going to be the influencer or you're going to be the influencee. And so Kevin found himself in a situation where he was the influencee. Long story short, in about two and a half, three years, Kevin found himself not coming to church anymore. He found himself living with some people who weren't godly and didn't want to do godly things, and eventually he found himself homeless. And I ran into Kevin, and we got to talking, and he called me, and we were, we were talking, and then we came together in person. And I suggested to him, I said, now, Kevin, you're going to have to make some decisions. And he had three options. And so of the three options, the one that he chose was the one that I was hoping that he would choose. I said, you need to go away and you need to go to a rehab. Now, I'm not just talking about a 21-day rehab. I'm not talking about a 30-day rehab. I'm talking about a rehab that is a minimum of eight months. I'm talking about going and living somewhere for eight months. And I'm not just talking about a rehab that's on secular uh, information and secular uh, uh, teaching and training and You've got, to, you've got to do this and you've got to do this. To, I'm talking about I want you to go to a Holy Ghost-filled place. And for eight months, five and a half hours every day, you're going to be studying the Word of God. And you're going to be learning how to change your thoughts. And you're going to learn how to change your mind. And you're going to learn how to change all of those things that have caused all of these problems in your life. But I said this. Kevin, if you will go for eight months, then that can change the next 40 to 50 years of your life. So I am here today to tell you, I wish he was here today to stand up right over there and tell you and show you that today Kevin Schultz has not had a drink of alcohol since April of 2011. Why? Because he chose to change his mind. He chose to change his thinking. He chose to put himself at the feet of Jesus Christ. So I don't know who I'm talking to today out there in the world wide web, but I'm telling you this. If you will allow God to change your thinking, if you will allow God to work on your mind, the Bible said, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. It also says that we need to renew our minds. We need to transform our minds. You're going to have to change your thinking if you're going to come out of darkness and get into light. You're going to have to change your thinking if you're going to walk away from your addiction. You see, an addiction is just in place of God in your life. Alcoholism is just in place of God in your life. Relationship after relationship after relationship is a lack of God in your life because we're trying to fill that emptiness in our lives with something other than God. And God has created all of us for His pleasure and for His glory. And God wants to fill all of our lives with all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ezekiel 18 Verse 30 says, therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, says the Lord. Repent, repent and turn from all your transgressions. It's time for you to turn around today. It's time for you to walk away from your transgressions today. It's time for you to get rid of all the transgressions in your life, lest iniquity be ruined and you shall find there be no 
be not, uh, that, uh, so shall they be not a stumbling block to you. Don't let those iniquities be a stumbling block. Don't let those transgressions be a stumbling block. Cast away from all, you all your transgressions by which you have transgressed against me. And make you a new, look at this, make you a new mind and heart and a new spirit. For why will you die? If we don't change our minds, if we don't make a new heart and a new mind in our lives and a new spirit, we're going to die. We're going to face destruction. We're going to face all those things in our lives. Ezekiel 36, 26, And I will give you a new heart with new and right desires, and I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony heart of sin and give you an obedient heart. God wants to do a heart transplant in here today. God wants to do a heart transplant in your living room today. God wants to give you a heart transplant in your car today. God wants to give you a heart transplant during your devotion. He said, I will put my spirit, verse 27, in you so you will obey my laws and do whatever I command. God wants to do a transformation in your life. Hallelujah. God wants to do it. That's Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27. I'm talking about just one guy. I'm talking about Jesus Christ coming in to your life. I'm talking about him coming in in the power of his spirit. Luke chapter 2 verse 10 says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Just one guy. It was that babe wrapped in swaddling clothes that came in the form of a human in that manger in Bethlehem, and the angel said, For unto you is born this day the Savior of the world. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Well, look at what Ezekiel said in Ezekiel 26. He said, Repent. Turn away from your transgressions. Turn away from your iniquities. Turn away from your sins. Now John the Baptist is saying, repent. Turn away from your sin, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. If you're in fornication and adultery, you're not going to be able to be in the kingdom of God because the kingdom of heaven is not going to put up with all that. If you're in the homosexuality, the kingdom of heaven does not tolerate that. If you're into lying and gossiping, the kingdom of heaven is not going to tolerate that. You've got to turn away from your sin. You've got to turn away from your transgressions. As a church family worship center, we need to ask God to forgive us for our lethargy. Forgive us for our lackadaisical spirit. And God, let, let me turn away from all that and let me seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added to me. John said, verse 11, I have baptized you with water. Those who turn from their sins. He said, I'm going to baptize in water those who turn from their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming who is far greater than I. So much greater that I am not even worthy to be his slave. This is the New Living Translation. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. He is ready to separate the chaff. Well, watch this, Family Worship Center. He is ready to separate the chaff from the grain with his winnowing fork. Then he will clean up the threshing area, storing the grain in his barn, but burning the chaff with never-ending fire. Listen to me, kingdom of God on the earth. Listen to me, all you Christians, that just uh, the Lord said he's happy with just the way you are. You're going to have to find a place to repent. You're going to have to get rid of the sins in your life. You see, you just can't live like you lived out in the world and come into the kingdom and bring all that trash with you because God is getting ready to clean up the threshing floor. God is getting ready to clean up this mess around here. God is getting ready to get rid of all the sleepy, lazy Christians. God's getting ready to get rid of all of those who are just sucking in his glory and not putting any of it out. 
God is getting ready to get rid of all of those whose hearts are only half for him. God wants all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. Hallelujah. God wants everything about you. He wants your full attention. God wants our full attention. Well, you can say that, Pastor, because you're the pastor and that's your job and, and I got a job and I got a family, I got a career and, you know, I got responsibilities. Well, let me tell you something. He didn't tell me just because you're a pastor, you seek me first and just because old boy here has a career, he doesn't have to seek me first. We're all level at the foot of the cross. It's all level ground. Each and every one of us it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It says that we're going to have to seek God like we've never sought him before. John the Baptist said, turn from your sin. Get rid of your sin. Get rid of your sin. You can't talk like you used to talk and be a Christian. You can't bring all that trash into your house. You can't, you can't be watching the same stuff you used to watch on television or in the movies like you used to watch out in the world and bring that in and keep watching that. Why? Because there's no separation. God said, be ye holy for I am holy. Holy is a separation. Holy means you are set apart. The things that I used to do, I don't do anymore. The, things that I, the places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Why? Because there's a change. Talking about just one guy. I'm talking about just one guy. One guy can change your world. John chapter 3, verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles except that thou doest except God be with him. Jesus answered and said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. You have to be born again if you're going to see the kingdom. Well, I accepted the Lord. Oh, well, 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 well. You better go back to the book of John. John chapter 15, I believe it is, where Jesus said, you have not accepted me, but I have accepted you. You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Jesus said, if you're going to see the kingdom, you're going to have to be born again. There's going to have to be a birthing process. Something's going to have to happen here. There's going to have to be a birthing take place. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus, who's a very educated individual, looked at Jesus and said, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of, the, of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Say this in your home. Flesh is flesh. Say this. But that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Say, spirit is spirit. So that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Then Jesus drops another nuclear bomb on Nicodemus right here in this passage. And he said, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The New Living says, so don't be surprised at my statement that you must be born again. The Amplified says, marvel not, do not be surprised, don't be astonished. Don't be astonished at my telling you, you must all be born anew from above. You're going to have to be born from above. That spirit is going to have to be born, just like your flesh was born. Amen? Jesus answered and said in verse 3 of John 3, Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom. Verse 5, Except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom. So you see here 
that Jesus says, the first phrase in John 3, 3, he says that you have to be born again. But then in verse 5, he breaks it down. Verse 4 is the question that Nicodemus asked him about entering in the second time into his mother's womb. Verse 5, he breaks it down and he says the new birth, born again is this, born of water, born of the Spirit. You cannot enter. John 3, 6, that which is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. So look on your screen. Hallelujah. Hopefully it's on the screen. Was it on their screen? Wow, we are 21st century around here. We're down at, we went from Lodi Bar to heaven, brother. We're here. The flesh birth, look at your screen. The flesh birth is the natural, physical, earthly body. You're born. Got a grandson here today, Brother Edison. He's one month old. He's four weeks old. He's already coloring and said Goldilocks last night because he's an overachiever. Oh, maybe I just hurt his feelings. Sorry, Edison. Be all right. Papa will take care of you when we get home. Be all right. That is our fleshly birth. My fleshly birth happened many, many moons ago. Not as many as some of you all, but some of you, yes. I hate to tell when I, the year I was born, I have to ask young people in my church, were you born in 1985 or were you born in, were you born in 1995? And they, some of them look at me like, no, some of them haven't been born. Some of them just been born in the, in the 20s. So that's our fleshly birth. That's our earthly birth. Jesus said there has to be another birth. The Spirit of God inside of every man. Inside of every man, that's what we call the breath of divinity. What is that? It goes back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. The new living said, and man became a living person. That's our earthly body. That is our earthly body. But 1 Corinthians 15, 50 says, Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. Adam sinned, he brought physical death, disease, and destruction upon our natural body. The sin of just one guy, Adam, brought destruction on my natural body. It brought the ability for my body to break down and to get diseased. It brought the destruction of age on my body. You say, well, I'm not worried about getting old, and that's why everybody goes out and buys olive oil and slaps it on their face. People slice up cucumbers and turnips and onions and put them on their face and forehead and eyes because they want to look young again. They want to get rid of the wrinkles and the creases. They want to do all of that. Why? Because your natural body is being destroyed by the sin of Adam that he brought. But when Jesus arrived, he brought about a new birth for our spirit man. You see, we're going to be in our spirit body a lot longer than we are our kingdom. Today, we're living in an earthly surrounding, and in an earthly kingdom. We operate by five senses. We operate by sight. We operate by smell, taste, hearing, and touch. Five senses. But we are not in this kingdom all forevermore. This is not our final destination. This is not our, as, our, as human beings, our final destination. We all will live on one day, someday. We will exist somewhere forever because of the breath of God inside of each and every one of us. That breath of God has to be jump-started. That breath of God has to be birthed. That breath of God has to be activated, would we say, or could we say, in our lives. Luke chapter 19, verse 9, Jesus responded. He said, salvation has come to the home, to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a son of Abraham. 
and I, the Son of Man, have come to seek and save those that are like him who are lost. God is looking for those who are lost today. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, just one guy in your life. You see, we have followed after and we have marched after the pattern of Adam all of these years. We have fed our flesh. We have, uh, we have comforted our flesh. In the summertime, we hopefully have air conditioning where our flesh feels cooler. In the wintertime, we have, we have heat to keep us warm if you live in that climate. Or you've got suntan lotion if you're able to be in the tropics. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're on Maui, you've got Maui, babe, to keep your skin nice and brown. Amen. Looking for that day. Hallelujah. Anyhow, so what are we trying to do? We're trying to keep our flesh satisfied. We're trying to keep our flesh appeased and comfortable. But now we are finding out that we have, just because of one guy, we have a spirit man that has to be attended to. We have a spirit man that has to be activated in our lives. We have this spirit man that has to be brought to life and born again. John chapter 14, verse 15, Jesus said this. This is a whole other series of sermons right here. If you love me, keep my commandments. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Now, that, that's a mouthful. That'll make you choke on your water. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. He said, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor who will never leave you. So there's another counselor. There's another thing that's coming for our spirit, man. John 14, 17. I'm getting ready to close. He said this. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Now watch, there's a, lot in this, there's a lot in this scripture here. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world at large cannot receive him. The world in general cannot receive him. Who is it talking about? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Why? Or for those of you down south, why? Why? All y'all understood that. Why? Why can't the world receive him? Because the world, it, the world is looking for him and doesn't recognize him. Some of you are in churches that don't recognize him. Some of you go to churches that don't recognize the ministry of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Some of you go to churches that they don't want to talk about the Holy Ghost and fire. Some of you are in places of worship that they say, well, nah, that was just for that day, that's not for now. But the Bible says God does not change, Malachi 3. It also says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If the, the Holy Ghost was good for then, the Holy Ghost is good for now. So Jesus says, the world doesn't recognize him, it's not looking for him, but he said, you do. He looked at his disciples there in John 14, and he said, you do. You recognize him. You're looking for him. Now watch this, because he lives with you now. Who was Jesus talking about? He was talking about himself. He was talking about himself. He lives with you now and later will be in you. Now what is that? What is going on? How is he with me now and going to be in me later? That's weird. That's rich. That's amazing. That's sweet. How is he going to be in me later when he's with me now? Well, you because, because you see, this is God Almighty. You see, God is a spirit. John 4, 24, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. A spirit cannot die. Well, in order for man to be atoned and redeemed from the fall in the garden, that just one guy and one girl, Adam did, and Eve did, there had to be a sacrifice of blood. So a spirit doesn't have blood. So God said, I am going to robe myself in flesh. And that flesh was the man Jesus Christ. So 
when you look at Jesus Christ, you see the flesh of Jesus Christ, who is the born Son of God. But inside of the born Son of God is the Spirit of the eternal God who hovered over the waters in Genesis chapter 1 and who said, let there be and there was. It's the same Spirit that, that was in Jesus when he was on the earth is the same Spirit that said, I'm going to have to take a body and die just like a man. That's why there had to be a virgin birth because there had to be blood that was pure, not human blood that was contaminated with sin and sickness and disease, not human blood that had already been broken down by the curse and by the disobedience of just one guy. So Jesus is, what is born of a virgin. Why? Because the blood comes from the Father. And so therefore, in order for the blood to be pure, it had to come from God himself. That's why the Father is not the Father of Jesus. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary. That's what the Bible says. What are you talking about? Is there two of them? No. There's only for one, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. The same spirit that hovered over Mary is the same spirit that hovered over the earth thousands of years before in creation. Hallelujah. And that son was born, Jesus Christ, and he walked on the earth. And in this verse, he's now saying, I'm now with you. He said, I'm living with you, but I'm going to be in you. And then when he rose himself from the dead, when that spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead on that resurrection morning ascended back into the heavens, he took his place back on the throne because that same spirit was God Almighty. And he said, I'm coming back, and I'm going to come inside of you, and I'm going to rebirth. I'm going to reborn that spirit man inside of you and I'm going to put my spirit in you and I'm going to live in you and I'm going to walk in you and I'm going to talk in you and I'm going to do everything that I need to do through you through the baptism of my spirit which is called the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm talking about today. He said the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit in other translations, Holy Ghost in King James. Holy Ghost in New King James. Just one guy. He said, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. I'm getting ready to close. Just one guy. I'm talking about just one guy today. Acts chapter 1 verse 5. Jesus is saying, for John truly baptized with water. John baptized with water. But you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. John baptized you with water because John said you are going to have to repent. You're going to have to turn from your transgressions. You're going to have to turn from your iniquities. You're going to have to turn from your sin. And when you do that, then John says, I'm going to baptize you. So Jesus reiterated and said, John, baptize with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now I want you to notice this is right before this is right before Jesus ascends up into heaven. This is right before Jesus ascends up into heaven and leaves the disciples there on the earth. And he says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me. Now, what is he saying here? I'm saying to this. I want, let me go a little bit deeper in my theological dissertation here a minute ago that I just left. So I want you to notice this, that when, when Jesus was raised from the dead and Mary Magdalene saw him, the first thing after she recognized who he was, he said this to her, don't touch me. Don't touch me. And so, she didn't touch him. Now, a little later, he walks into the room, okay? A little later, he walks into the room, and he tells his disciples, also known as Thomas, Thomas Didymus, who didn't believe that he was alive yet, he said, Thomas, touch my hand. Put your fingers, thrust your fingers into my side. Now he told Mary, don't touch me. But he told Thomas, touch me. What happened? Why is that? Is it, ah, the scriptures are wrong. What happened there? Jesus is schizophrenic. 
You see, Jesus was in, when he rose from the dead, he was coming into the role of the high priest. And if a high priest was getting ready to go in and minister into the holy place, if he was touched by another human before he did the oblations and sacrifices, then he would be considered unclean and he could not minister. So what happened between the time that Jesus saw Mary and the time that he saw, saw Thomas and said, touch me, is that Jesus went into the heavenlies and he took his own blood and he put his blood on the mercy seat in heaven. Therefore bringing to pass and therefore satisfying the requirement that once and for all there would be no more sacrifice for sins. That's why the veil in the temple was rent in twain from top to bottom when Jesus died on the cross. That's why Hebrews says, For we have a great high priest who has been passed into the heavenlies and has sprinkled his blood. Therefore that high priest, when he came out, the Bible says he sat down at the right hand of God. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that every time the high priest would walk out of the tent of the tabernacle or out of the buildings of the temple and he would stand before the people and the smoke would arise they would know that the sacrifice had been accepted and their sins were rolled ahead one more year but the Bible says in Hebrews that when this high priest was done he came and he sat down why? because it echoed the same words that he echoed on that cross outside of Jerusalem that day it is finished Jesus Christ offered a sacrifice once and for all. And now he's poisoning his and now he's poisoning and positioning his disciples to receive his spirit to come into their lives through the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He said, You shall receive power. Power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place with one accord. They were all with one accord in one place getting excited there. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. What are they doing? That's Jesus. That's Jesus coming into their lives. That's Jesus coming into their lives. It's the same spirit. The same spirit that said, let there be light is the same spirit that came into their lives on the day of Pentecost in Jerusalem. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. What was it? The Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God the Father, is available now to rebirth your spirit inside of your physical body and give you a brand new life. The Spirit of God the Father is available now to rebirth your spirit inside your physical body and give you a brand new life. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, for what this means is that those who become Christians become new persons those who are not the same anymore they're not the same anymore you're not the same anymore you're not the same anymore the old life for the old life is gone the old life is gone and a new life a new life has begun because of just one guy I want to pray right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, you have given us a platform. And Lord, right now I pray for everyone that's watching this broadcast. Whether it's live or whether it's archived, whether they watch it today or they watch it the two years from now, whenever they watch it, Lord, I want to pray right now that your Holy Ghost conviction come into their lives right now in the name of Jesus. 
I pray, Lord, that the fire of the Holy Ghost will begin to burn in their lives. I pray, Lord, that the conviction of your spirit will begin to move in their hearts. Walk through every room of their heart in the name of Jesus. Walk through every catacomb of their mind in the name of Jesus. Walk, God, in the name of Jesus into every past experience that they've had. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I pray, Lord, you let your spirit fall right now. Let it fall, Lord, in Africa. Let it fall, Lord, in Europe. Let it fall, Lord, in California. Let it fall, Lord, in Florida. Let it In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, let your spirit fall, Lord, in living rooms. Let it fall, Lord, on on patios and decks. Let the Holy Ghost fall, Lord, in, in, in houses and in cars. Oh, Lord, let your Holy Ghost fall on a beach somewhere. Somebody listen to this broadcast in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Lord, you said that in the last days, saith God, this is what you said. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. So, Lord, I speak that prophecy alive right now in the name of Jesus. Let your spirit begin to fall, God. Let it fall on hungry hearts right now all over the world. Let it fall, Lord, in Singapore. Let it fall, Lord, in Beijing. Let it fall, Lord, in Manila. In the name of Jesus. Heal bodies right now, Lord. I speak to cancers. I command cancer to disappear in the name of Jesus. I speak to tumors and lumps in bodies. I command them to dissolve right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now, God, that person that has that lump in their body, let them put their hand on that lump, Lord, and speak these words. In the name of Jesus of Nazareth, be healed. And Lord, let that lump begin to disappear under their hand right now in the name of the Lord. Let your signs and wonders go out from this place. Let the word of God work, Lord, magically. Let the word of God work forcefully. Let the word of God work mysteriously. Let the word of God work in all of its power and authority in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's it. Put your hand on that radio. Put your hand on that screen. Put your hand on that computer. Put your hand on that iPhone, on that Android. Put your hand on that, where that voice, where my voice is coming from right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Lord, I cast out unclean spirits out of people's lives spirits that are binding their thought processes, spirits that have blinded them from the truth of the gospel, spirits that are trying to lie to them. Lord, I shut those voices up by the power of the name of Jesus right now in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Let them be healed in the name of Jesus. Let folks be healed and delivered and set free by the name of Jesus. Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on them now. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands if you'd like to receive the Holy Ghost. Close your eyes. Lift your hand. Let's pray after me. Lord, I'm a sinner. Lord, I need your spirit in my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to take away all the desire for those sins. Right now, Lord, I accept your death on the cross. Right now, Lord, I accept the blood that you shed for me. And right now, Lord, I believe that as I ask you to forgive me of my sins, that you have forgiven me right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, did you feel that? Do you feel that load lift off right now? Do you feel that load lift off of your shoulders right now? That's the forgiveness of the Lord. That's his grace and his mercy. Now I want you to just lift your hands again to him. I just want you to begin to worship him. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. As you're worshiping him, you're going to feel his presence. That same presence you felt come on you in forgiveness. You're going to feel it coming on you getting stronger. It's going to come on you getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Yeah, you're going to be worshiping. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And as it's getting stronger on you, you're going to start to feel like your mouth is getting all full of cotton and your tongue is getting slurred. Your speech is getting slurred. Your tongue is getting thick. Your chin and your mouth are going to start shaking up and down. It's going to start coming out. I love you, Jesus. When it starts doing that, you just let it keep coming out like that. And then you suddenly just begin to let those words, those sounds, that want to come up out of your spirit and out of your heart. Give voice to what you feel in your heart right now. For by one God, sin entered the world. But by one God, Holy Ghost power is coming into your life, brother, right now. Holy Ghost power is coming into your life, sister, right now in the name of Jesus. If those strange sounds coming out of your mouth you don't understand, don't be afraid. Give voice to what you feel in your heart. Let it come out. That's God turning your English praise into another language. That's the baptism of the Holy Ghost and tongues. Don't worry what it sounds like. Don't worry what it sounds like. It's not going to sound like mine. God's got his own for you. God's got his own for you. God's got his own. Breathe on us, Holy Ghost. Let that be your prayer. Oh, in Poland, in Bulgaria, in Italy, in Rwanda, in Uganda, where you're watching in India, where you're watching in Nigeria. Let the Holy Ghost breathe on you now. Let the Holy Ghost breathe over your life. Let Him breathe over your life. Let the power of God fall on your life. Jesus wants you to have the Holy Ghost. Come on, Ramsey. Jesus wants you to have the Holy Ghost. Come on, Vandalia. The Holy Ghost is for you. Come on, Pena. Come on, Chicago. Come on, Shelbyville. I know you're watching Highland. Let the Holy Ghost fall in your life. Let the Holy Ghost fall in Arkansas. Let the Holy Ghost fall in Florida. Let the Holy Ghost fall in Texas. Come on. Let it fall in let it fall in Oakland.
Come on, what you're receiving right now, they received in the book of Acts. What you're receiving right now, John the Baptist said, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. What you're receiving right now, Jesus said, tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. He said, go back to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. This is the promise of the Father right here. This is the promise of the Father right here, the Holy Ghost in your life. Not just born of the flesh, but now born of the Spirit. Ha ha. Not just born of the flesh, but born of the Spirit as well. Everlasting Father. Seven hundred years before he was even born, the prophet Isaiah dipped his potent pen in the inkwell of prophecy and said, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. The baby born that the angel said, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior which is Christ the Lord. He's the mighty God. The mighty God. He is the everlasting Father. And now you've received His Spirit into your life. How am I going to know? You know, the Bible says they spoke with tongues. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Hallelujah. Thousands of people are watching on Facebook there's people watching all over the world. They're watching in India. They're watching in Nigeria. They're watching in Rwanda. They're watching in Uganda and Kenya. They're watching in Ireland and Spain. They're watching in Germany. They're, they're watching all over the country. They're watching and they're downloading podcasts all over the country. Why? People are hungry. It's time. It's time to get your hunger satisfied. It's time to get your appetite satisfied in that dead church. That, that dead relationship that you're in with the Lord, yeah, you're in a relationship according to the Word, but I'm telling you now it's time for your spirit man to come alive. It's time for your spirit man to get reborn. Hallelujah. It's time to let him breathe on you in the name of Jesus. It's time to let him breathe on you in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Thank you, Lord. So wherever you're at, anywhere in the world, I just, I got this revelation today, just now, just a little bit ago. This is a studio now. We are a studio, and we're putting out the Word of God. So listen, if the Lord has healed you today, we would love for you, whatever platform that you're seeing this on, the Lord has healed you. Please message us back. Message through our website, fwc-vandalia.com. Message us through Facebook if you have a prayer need. Those of you who received the baptism of the Holy Ghost this morning, send us a praise report. We want to hear it. We're excited that the Lord is pouring out His Spirit on all flesh, and we want to be part of that. Amen? We want to be part of that. I don't care if you're in Nepal. I don't care if you're in, in Belleville. I don't care where you're at. I want you to message us. I want you to send us a message. Let us know. If you've got a prayer request, a prayer need, we're going to pray for that as well too. Send us that prayer need in the name of Jesus. It took just one guy. It took just one guy to mess up the whole thing. And it took just one God to bring it all back together. Hallelujah. Don't forget this week, 7 o'clock, Tuesday night, Get your Zoom meeting ID and password for the Bible study Tuesday night. It's how we're going to be doing some Bible studies. Even when we come back together, we're going to, still, we're going to do a lot of more online stuff as a church here. So just get ready for that. Tonight should have been our life groups, but we're too big for life groups. Can't do those right now. I'm excited to get back to life groups as well. So tonight, don't enjoy yourselves today. Don't forget Tuesday night, 7 o'clock. Zoom meeting on my pastor and me. Wednesday night live right here. I'm going to be continuing on connections, talking about connections in the spirit realm. God bless you from Vandalia, Illinois, Family Worship Center. We love all of you. Everyone tuning in, we love you all. God bless you. Messages, let us know what's happening in your life. In Jesus' name.